here's nine habits that we have noticed in the life of an overcoming Christian. The first one is that they study their Bible. They study the word of God. The second is they're constantly in prayer. And I don't mean they're on their knees for two hours. I mean, they're constantly in an attitude of communicating with God. Number three, uh, the number third habit is that they, they, they are consider their ways. And I think this is the thing that most Christians ha have no concept about is people who are overcoming in their in following Jesus Christ and they're overcoming in this earth. I'm, I'm talking about you just see progression in their lives. They take each day and they say, what did I learn? What could I do differently? What did the Lord speak to me about today? How, how did I apply these truths or these principles in my life? Number four, they're very missional. In, in, at the cathedral, we believe that's loving, leading, and teaching. That's the number four, four habit. Number five, they are people of generosity. And we're not just talking about giving your tithe and, and, and giving seed and offering. We're talking about they're generous in their heart. They're looking for ways to bless people. Number six, they attend church on a regular basis and they, they participate in the church community. I don't want to get into that real deep, but pretty much you know, because we've all been there, that when we come to church and then we don't connect with anybody from church for the rest of the week, we can become bipolar Christians. We can, we can be one way on Sunday morning and one way on Monday, and we have two different personalities. The, 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 the seventh habit is this, that we've noticed in the lives of Christians that, that are overcoming is they have a servant's heart. They serve one another and they serve their community. Number eight, they practice gratitude. And number nine is probably the most difficult. It's not that they, they are joyful. People who overcome, followers of Jesus Christ who overcome, who seem to have this progression of increase in their lives, they don't just have joy, they produce joy. Oh, that's, that's not so easy. I mean, you know, because happiness is based on happenings and, and joy is really based in your understanding of the justification that you have in Jesus. It's your position that just fills you with this energy and this, this happiness, this, this satisfaction that's contagious. We produce joy. So let's begin today in John chapter 14. We're going to talk about the word of God today and putting the Bible first in our life, putting the word of God first first that's foundational you know the foundation of over being an overcomer is having jesus as your lord and savior and we don't want to go into a lot of detail but you know if he's your lord guess what he he's going to tell you what to do in other words when he says love you love when when he says abstain from this then we do our best to abstain from it when he says i want you to do this for that person we do our best to do that for he's our lord and I believe the revival that's coming to the church, the revival that, that this campus is going to become the premier campus of, for leadership and teaching people truths about the word of God. I believe that's going to be based upon the, the, the I want to say renaissance, this revival of the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. 
Jesus isn't somebody we use. Jesus is somebody that we worship. Jesus isn't somebody that we're looking for a favor from. Jesus is our Lord. He's our master. He's, he's the one who saved us. He purchased us. In John chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus said, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we'll come make our home in each one of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. Remember, Jesus said, I only say what I hear the Father say. I only do what I see the Father do. So Jesus is God's word come in the flesh. He is God manifested. So we could see if God were walking, God the Father were walking on the earth, this is what he would look like. This is what he would say. This is what he would do. And Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, you'll do what I say. The difference between being a master and being a Lord is you love the Lord and you fear the master. Can I say that again? The difference between Jesus being your Lord and Jesus being your master is you love the Lord. And if he's your master, you fear him. And our whole perception is skewed by that. When you love the Lord, then you, you, you hunger for his words. You hunger for his ways. And when you hear his words, they're not just, I'm trying to memorize something. You're trying to look into your life and say, what can I, how can I apply this to my life to become more of a follower of Jesus Christ? Because I know when I follow Jesus, things are going to get good. I know when, when, when I follow Jesus, there's going to be trials, there's going to be tribulations, it's going to get tough, but you know what? He's always going to be with me, and he'll take me from glory to glory. I'll become a better person. I'm going to be a better person tomorrow than I am today. I'm going to be a better person next year than I am today. In 10 years, you might not even recognize me. In 25, you'll say, well, ooh, who was that old guy? Because it'll just be a memory. John chapter 14, he says, all who love me will do what I say. Boy, that's tough, guys. This world is trying to tell you, you can, you, can be a, you can be a follower of Jesus Christ, but not follow him. The world is telling you, you know, Jesus loves you and by grace that you're saved, therefore you can act any old way. You know what? You know, you know in your heart if you're born again, if you're acting a way contrary to what he's leading you. That's not my place to tell you. It's the word of God, and it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit that will tell you. If you love me, you'll do what I say. That doesn't mean that you're not going to miss it. That doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect because it's not about that. You're not in fear of him, so you're trying to do everything he says so he doesn't punish you. You're not in fear of him that if you don't do everything right, then he's not going to bless you. You're not in fear of him as if you make a mistake, then things aren't going to go well with you. No, that's you're thinking him as a, a natural master. He's your Lord. Lord, the one that you worship. And when he tells you something, when he shares something with you, he says, I want your life to go better. Just make this little adjustment. I want things to go. I see something coming up. Make this little adjustment and you're going to ride through this storm. You're going to get to the other side. He's always out for your good. God says he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according 
to his purpose. If you're called according to his purpose, you're going to be a doer of his word. Just put your hand on your heart. Let's make a confession. I'm a doer of his word. Say it again. I'm a doer of his word. We cannot consistently put God's word into practice until we put the Bible first in our lives. This is the secret. Because you live in a world that's fallen. You live in the flesh that's weak. Come on. We won't be able to do God's word. We won't be able to, to do what Jesus says do if we don't put the Bible first in our life. We accept the Bible is God's word, not because it all makes sense to us, not because we've got a theological degree and it points that way, not because of the doctrines of men. We accept that the Bible is God's word by faith. No, I don't understand it all. I know it seems like there's contradictions in there. You have to interpret the Bible. First, you have to determine God's original intent in the Scripture. And then you have to interpret it in light of culture. And then you, by the time you get to applying it to your life, you know, I don't understand it all. But I have to make that step of faith. Because when I read the Word, I hear the Word. When I hear the Bible, when I hear the scriptures, when, I, when I'm thinking about it, when I'm talking about it, guess what's happening? I'm hearing the voice of Jesus. He's rising up in my spirit and making what I'm hearing and what I'm reading alive. And all of a sudden it points to areas in my life. And I'm like, I didn't even know I still had that. The word of God. We cannot consistently put God's word into practice until we put the Bible first. We accept God's word. We accept the Bible by faith. Jesus was tempted by the devil. He, he, he was led out into the, to the wilderness after he was baptized in the river Jordan. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days. No, no bread. No food. No water. He was hungry. 40 days. And the devil said, if you really are God's son, hey, if you really are God's son, if you really are the Messiah, then prove it. Turn these stones into bread and, and then you can feed yourself. It's very interesting what Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus didn't say, well, I believe. Jesus didn't say, well, this is what I've heard from the Pharisees. Jesus didn't even bother arguing with him. He just stated, he said, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. What is he saying? I'm not going to fight you with my physical strength. I'm not going to fight you with the strength of my will. I'm going to fight you with the power of the spirit. And it's based on God's word. That's what strengthens my spirit. God's word, the Bible, is our daily bread. I don't know why we think that we can survive on one message a week when we, we don't eat one meal a week. Your spirit needs to be fed daily. The Bible says we're forgetful hearers. And if we're forgetful hearers, guess what? We're going to hear today and by Wednesday we've forgotten. Faith comes by 
hearing the word of God. Faith comes by reading the word of God, not having read or having heard. Faith is strengthened because you spend faith on a daily basis. Life, life causes faith to leak. And there's nothing you can do about it. You could be on top of the mountain in faith today, but if you're not feeding yourself by Friday, you could be in the bottom of the valley, laying on your face and falling. Because faith leaks. So we need to continually eat. We need to continually digest. We need to continually assimilate the word of God because even Jesus, the son of God, come in the flesh, needed the word of God. It was his custom to read on a daily basis and then go on the Sabbath and read the scriptures to those who couldn't read. And then he would teach because he knew that the word of God is our daily bread. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is inspired by God. The word inspired here literally means God breathe. The word inspired in the Greek is not one word. It is, it is two words. It is the word theos and pino. Pino meaning breath or movement of air and theo meaning God. So it is God's breath, God's, God's breath. All scripture is breathed by God. All scripture comes out of the mouth of God. This is the scripture that we have to take by faith if we're going to live an overcoming life in Jesus Christ. Because it doesn't matter how much willpower you have, how much discipline you have, how physically strong you are. This world is a spiritual battle and we must be fed spiritually if we're going to overcome. Because with consistency in the word comes consistent overcoming power. For 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 20 says, above all, above everything else you guys, cathedral family. You must realize that no prophecy or no scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation or understanding or by human initiative. No, no, prophets, these guys wrote the scripture. These guys spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit because the movement is the breath of God. The scripture, this is a faith statement. I believe that the scripture is not written, it wasn't written by inspired men. I believe the scripture was inspired. Every word, I'm not going to say every, every uh, comma, exclamation point, quotation mark, because those didn't exist in the Greek and the Hebrew. But I believe every word, God's original intent was inspired by him. He's God, I'm me. I don't understand it though, but I'm gonna receive that by faith. That helps me put the word of God first in my life. In other words, I'm not gonna, when I bump up against a circumstance, when you bump up against a, a situation, I'm not gonna go to my, what I think. I'm not gonna go what to the world is saying. I'm not gonna even go to my friends and what they say as much. What's gonna be first in my life is what the word of God, what the 
Bible says. Jesus said, uh, no, man, man, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. I am going to live, I am going to overcome by hearing the word of God, by reading the word of God, by processing the word of God. To be overcoming followers of Jesus Christ, we must put the Bible first in our life. You've heard me say this a hundred times. The, the cheeseburger I ate back when I was fat is not sustaining me today. I was going to say I ate last week, but I haven't eaten a cheeseburger for a very long time. Praise the Lord. The, the chicken breast that I had last night is not sustaining me today. The, the salad that I had last Friday is not sustaining me today. Why? Because nutrients leak. Carbohydrates and proteins leak. Faith leaks. I have to eat on a daily basis. I have to consume the bread of God. I've got to put the scriptures in my life. Why, why, why does it seem like I'm always struggling? Why does it seem like I'm always depressed? Why does it seem like I never get any reprieve? Probably because of your diet. Some have said, well, you know, uh, Joyce Meyer's books are really, really good. I just, I, just, I just love Benny Hinn's sermons. I just love Joel Osteen's sermons. Those, those, that, that material is good. But it's not your diet. It's your dessert. What happens to a kid whose mom and dad doesn't discipline them and all they eat is dessert? What do they look like? How do they, what is their health like? That's the way a lot of Christians are because they're, 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 their whole diet, their spiritual diet is dessert. Their, their whole spiritual diet is what somebody else said. What, what God is speaking from the pulpit today isn't meant to sustain you. It's meant to equip you. And you're to feed yourself throughout the week. When I don't feed myself on a daily basis, I get weak. Why? Because my faith leaks. This world has a way of drawing it out of you and spending it. But when I invest time into the word of God on a daily basis, basis, something happens to my spiritual attitude. Something happens to my spiritual ability. Something happens to my spiritual strength. I can even hear God much more clearly. Why am I having problem after problem after problem? It probably has to do with your diet. Don't eat the candy first. Don't eat the ice cream first because then you're not going to have the, uh, the, 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 the appetite for what you need to nourish you and at a cellular level if you eat the sugar first guess what the protein and the good carbs the complex carbs go right out the mm 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 because your cells are full transporting glucose instead of protein and, and, and good carbs and so if I eat if I, my, my main habit is I'm going to listen to this person first before I listen to the word. Guys, you're not even going to be able to get that nourishment into your spirit. 
the pastor and the teacher and the apostle and the evangelist or prophet, we're, we're not here to teach you, to feed you. We are here to equip you so that you can feed yourself. And I guarantee if you would just be honest with yourself and if you would take time and you would look at periods in your life where you were, you were on top spiritually, where you were and things were, that's, that's when you were in your word on a daily basis. Same is true for me. I've had seasons in my life where I've said, okay, I'm going to listen to this person this week. I'm, I'm going to replace that with this book. I'm going to replace my 15 minutes in the morning with, with this book. Guess what happens? Every single time I fall on my face. Well, pastor, you, 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 don't you see what you're doing? You're just brainwashing yourself. No, I'm transforming the way I think. Brainwashing has to do with something that you do that you don't have control over. It's forced on you. But I'm going to let God transform me. Can I get an amen? This is not a new concept. Reading your Bible every is not a new concept. Moses wrote the first five books in the Bible. He was inspired by God and it flowed through him. And here's when, they, when Israel decided they were going to put a king in place. Here's what God said to, through the prophet Deuteronomy chapter 17. The king must always keep the copy of the word, the scripture with him and read it daily as long as he lives. Did you see that? Read it daily. That way he'll learn to fear the Lord his God by obeying all the terms and instructions of the decrees. Listen, I love the way that this translation says it. This regular reading will prevent him from becoming proud and acting like he's better or above his fellow citizens. It will also prevent him from turning away from all the commands in the smallest way. Why? Because your spiritual ears get tuned in. Because you know the voice of God, you'll, you'll sense it more clearly when you're spending time in his word. What do you mean? I've had people call me that were friends years and years and years ago. And, and they'll just start talking to me and I, on the phone and they won't tell me who they are. And I don't know who they, I don't know who they be. I don't know who they are. I don't know where. I, I finally say, excuse me, really embarrassing here, but who are you? But if I spend time with a person once, twice, three times a week, when they call, I recognize their voice. When I spend time in God's word, I recognize his voice. And I need, the Bible isn't going to tell you what's coming up in that business deal next week. The, the, the scripture isn't going to tell you, you know, stay away from that particular person. But, but the spirit of God will. But if I'm not listening for his voice, I won't recognize it. And it'll go right on by. He says, this regular reading will prevent him from becoming proud and acting like he's above his fellow, fellow citizens. It will also prevent him from turning away from the commands in the smallest way. And this daily reading, this regular reading, will ensure that he and his family, his descendants, will reign for many generations. God help me say this without bringing condemnation. Some of our children are on the pathway to hell because we didn't read the word daily and set the example for them. 
there's a spiritual principle right here. If you read the word on a daily basis, guess what? It sets your rudder so you can go to the goal, so you can head to the horizon where Jesus says to go. But without, without it, you're going to drift from here and there and here and there. And then when calamity comes and you collapse and you don't get back up and, they, and your kids are saying, why? Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This is not a new concept. Joshua is getting ready to take the children of Israel into the promised land. He's taking over from Moses. And he says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Did you see the only then part? Why is it trouble after trouble and, and, and attack after attack? And why can't I seem to get above it? It probably has to do with your diet. And it's not just reading the word because reading the word isn't depositing it in your spirit. Reading the word can be very superficial where it's just head knowledge up, up, up here. No, the, in 2 Timothy 2.15, the, the Bible says work, translation, study hard so you can present yourself and receive God's approval. Be a worker who does not need to be ashamed but who correctly explains the word of truth. This is not a new concept. Listen, I want you to hear this. When the Bible, as we call it, the scripture, only had five books, God's instruction to the king, because he's the only one with pen and parchment, he said, you keep it with you and you read it every single day. This regular reading will cause you to be a success and it will cause your children to reign in life. I don't like this, Pastor. Well, tough titty, said the kitty, but the milk's still good. You can laugh if you want to. It's true. It's true. It's true. Well, I don't read very well. Well, that's okay. Sometimes I don't either. So just like this morning, I got a cup of coffee and I sat out by uh, out in the back porch and I put to, I put on the, the 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 U version and I went to the NLT and there's a little button up there. It looks like a a little arrow and I pushed it and it started to read it for me and highlight the scripture and I just read it with him because that rhythm helps me when I'm distracted. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16. Remember this, it says, all scripture is God breathed, inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what's true and to make us realize what's wrong in our life. I don't know how I ended up in this situation, Pastor. You know, I, I, was, I was serving, I was good, I was, everything was great. I was, I was, I was coming and, 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 and I was tithing and, and my business was going good. And then all of a sudden I found myself in the arms of another woman. How did that happen? It probably has to do with your diet.
Because when you read the word of God, it helps you realize what's wrong in your life before you make the mistake. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. Pastor, I don't know what happened. I've been dry for, for six months and then, and then I, I, all of a sudden I find myself, I got an OWI, I'm back in jail again. Pastor, I don't understand what happened. It has to do with your diet. You will not conquer the world until you conquer yourself. You will not, we will not lead people to Jesus until we lead ourselves. We can't be a person of discipline in business or in love or in family until we discipline ourselves with our diet. My mom used to say, and my dad used to say, I get so mad about it. Oh, I get so mad about it. They would say, you know, uh, your friends. They, she would say, birds of a feather flock together, Kenny. You'll be like those you hang around with. It's true. Why? Because I'm listening. Because I'm watching. And that's got a pull in my life. Now, when I put the word of God first in my life, I'm listening and I'm watching. And God's showing me things. And I know that this is not the right direction to go. I know this is not the right attitude to have. I know that, that it can be better, but I've got to discipline myself. I've got to overcome myself. I've got to make myself do what I don't want to do so the things I do want to do, I can do in Christ. Because you're going to pay one way or the other. You can either pay in advance or you can pay in the end. Everybody pays. I'm going to have to pay the price. I'd rather pay it in advance than pay it in the end. I'd rather live a life of discipline now so that I can do the things I want to do later in Christ. I'd rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather apply the discipline and do it, do it every single morning, every single day. And that's not easy, guys. I know it's not. Don't think I'm, I'm trying to tell you I'm perfect in this area. I'm not. I'm, I'm not only preaching to you out of the word. I'm preaching to you out of experience. The majority of the times that I've struggled, the majority of the times that I've dealt with depression, the majority of the times when I've wanted to quit, the majority of times when I've been tempted in areas in my life, there have been times when I did not put the word of God first. I was putting other things first, other sermons, other books, and I, I watered, I allowed my diet to be watered down and the nutrients of the spirit weren't in there like they should have been. And I fell or I began to fall or I, I succumbed come to depression or I succumb to anxiety guys and I know it was because of my diet and my discipline regarding my diet Luke chapter 11 verse 27 says Jesus was in this crowd and he was teaching and obviously it must have been really good because this woman shouts out Blessed be the woman who gave you birth. Blessed be the woman who nursed you. Blessed be the one who took care of you. And Jesus said a very, he made a very interesting statement. He said, but even more blessed are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. 
Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do my word. You'll do what I say. You can be blessed. You can be called of God. Come on. You could be serving God. But even more blessed are those who hear his word and then put it into practice. Not easy. Much easier to say or to read than it is to do. But the truth is God's blessing falls on the life of those that feed and practice his word. God's blessing falls on the life of one who feeds on God's word and practices his word. How do we become, how do we become doers of his word? Well, you remember what it said in Joshua 1.8? Study, meditate. Think about what you read. Think about what you heard. Come on, consider your ways. Let this scripture get going in and, and around and, and, and change the way that you think. The word of God isn't just meant to be heard. It's meant to be practiced, but you'll never do anything beyond that you think. So I need to let the word of God have first place in my mind. I need to let it have first place in my thoughts. I need to have it first place in my decision making. The, the word of God, the Bible, the scripture, the inspired word of God. I may not understand it, but I have got to think about it. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God, let God, let God transform the way you think. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And what's the benefit? Then you'll know what's good and what's pleasing and what's perfect as a Christian as a follower of Christ there have been times I didn't know what God's will was as soon as I got in the word it started getting clear as soon as I got in the Bible as soon as I made the word first again in my life it started getting clear are you hearing me I know if I asked for a share of hands you'd say the same thing a person who puts God's word first can transform their mind if they digest the word. We digest the word by, by thinking about it, by talking about it. As a matter of fact, in Joshua 1.8 when he says meditate, that word meditate in the Hebrew means to think about and to mutter. To mumble. To speak about it. Because I don't know if you know this, but your tongue is the rudder of your life. You're going to do what you say. You start saying something, you're going to do it. I don't care who you are. You start saying something over and over about what, you're, what could happen and what you're going to, you're going to end up doing it. That's just the way God, God made us. And you're never going to talk above the way you think. So I guard my heart by putting the word, depositing the word of God in there. How do I get it to my heart? How do I get it to my spirit? Well, I got to start thinking about it. And, and as I'm thinking about it, I got to start saying, I mean, people probably thought I was nuts when I first got, when I rededicated my life 27 years ago. And I'd, I'd be, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to think that. I'm not going to, no, the Bible says, 
And I, I seriously, I bet people wanted to have me medicated. I bet people wanted to have me locked away. But I muttered. I talked the word of God to myself all the time. I would drive four and a half hours from Tulsa up here every other week. And when I was doing that, I'd be talking to myself the word. I'd be preaching the word to myself. I was considering and I was applying it to my life. I was saying, this doesn't line up with that. So something's got to give and it can't be the word. It's got to be me. That's the way I talked to myself. I was digesting the word of God. Why? Psalms 119.11 says, I have, David cries out to the Lord, I've hidden your word in my heart. Why? So that I might not sin against you. Hearing the word and going on is not hiding the word in your heart. Listening to the word of God while you sleep is not hiding the word in your heart. I think memorization is good, but it is better to apply one scripture to your life a year than it would be to memorize an entire chapter or an entire book and not make changes in your life. Memorization is good, but that's not hiding it in your heart. It gets in your heart when you apply it, when you consider the word and you're looking for things that you need to change. Memorization is good. But it's better to let God's word change you instead of committing great sections of the Bible to the memory banks of your mind. This is storage. This is salvation. If it's only up here, you know what? Your knowledge of the word is going to bring condemnation. But, but if you get it down in here and you've considered it and you're talking about it, guess what? It's going to bring transformation. If it's, if it's only in your head, it's going to create pain in your heart. But, but if you deposit it in your, your spirit, you've, you've gone through the transformation process. It, it's going to bring life to every, every, every single area of your being. Head knowledge is good, but head knowledge won't change your heart. It won't change your destination. Without application, it only brings condemnation. That's a good word. It's, it's better to let God's word transform you by renewing your mind through reading the word of God every single day, thinking about God's word and applying it to our lives. And then we'll be doers of his word and Jesus said, if you're doers of your word, he and his father will come and make his home in you. I'm going to make a statement that, you know, theologians get all mad at me. But have you ever known that you're saved but felt like you were alone? Have you ever had the, the head knowledge that Jesus is your Lord and, you know, you, you love him? Uh, but you feel like you're absolutely isolated and you can't seem to communicate with God? It's probably a doing problem. And if it's a doing problem, then it's probably a, a speaking problem. And if it's a speaking problem, then it's definitely a thinking problem. Because the Bible isn't first in your life. Praise the Lord. That's good. That's good preaching. Thank you, Pastor Kenny. James chapter 1, verse 22. Are you ready? This is right between the eyes. Guys, get ready. I mean, it, it, bowl, bowls, boom, right there. It's going to hit. It says this. 
Don't just listen to the word, but you must do what it says. It goes on and says, but if you look carefully, carefully, come on, study, meditate, think, talk, apply. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, it doesn't bring bondage, it brings freedom. And if you do what it says, guess what? You're not going to forget what you heard, and then God will bless you for doing it. But I believe, and I'm saved by grace, so God should bless me because I believe. But if you don't do what you believe, your faith is dead. And it is worthless. And it will, I'm talking scripture, not my words. It will produce nothing. So we all have a doing problem. Say, I have a doing problem. I have a doing problem. So, so the answer is, I get it down into my heart. Well, okay, how do I, how do I get it into my heart? I consider it. I think about it all day long. When my mind, when my mind is free from my busyness of the day, I'm thinking about the word that I read this morning. I'm thinking, how can that change me? How can it strengthen me? How do I apply that to my life? Not to, not not what most people do. They they read the word of God and they get a little something. They go, you know what? Aunt Jenny needs this. They get a little revelation. They say, I got to share that with my wife because she definitely needs this. Well, you know what? He, she, she, he needs to come listen to the pastor speak because he needs a sweepy. That means you need it. That means you need to apply. I guarantee that's what it means. Because when, when the pressure is on spiritually, the first thing we want to do is go, okay, off of me and on to somebody else. Please, off of me, on to somebody. Yeah, that person really needs it. They're, they're, de they're desperate. They're, they're heading for a fall. And the whole time, you got that little red laser dot right in the middle, a Holy Ghost laser dot right in the middle of your forehead saying, issue, 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 issue. When we apply God's word to our lives, God makes it, listen to me, it's not just dead. God makes it alive. That is the beauty of receiving God's word, receiving the Bible as God's word by faith. As you begin to apply it to your lives and you begin to consider it, then God has, God breathed the words onto that paper through a man. But on that paper, it's dead. It can even be dead to some Christian who's reading it. But when they start considering it and applying it, the Holy Spirit on the back end causes those words that were breathed onto that page by his spirit to come alive inside of you. So it doesn't matter whether it's the NIV or the NLT or the K King James. It doesn't matter because God's spirit is translating it to the language that you need for today. It starts by taking the Bible by faith as God's word, putting it first, applying it, and then the spirit causes it to become alive. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and it is powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between, look at me, look at me, look at me, not the screen, cutting between soul and spirit. Separating between joint and marrow. Your thought life is akin to your spiritual life. Most Christians think out of their head. God wants us to think out of our spirit. 
and we cause our mind to get in line with the truth of God's word and what the Spirit is saying to us. But unless we're reading the word of God and applying it, it doesn't divide between your thinker and your spirit. It gets all gray between your head and your heart. You don't even realize if you're not a steward of God's word that there's a difference between your soul and your spirit. The word of God separates between the intellect and the inner man. And it is the voice of the inner man that then begins, if you allow it to, will begin to rise up in your heart. You'll begin to speak it out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks and then now guess what happens? It begins to govern your thinking. When the word of God governs your, governs your thinking, that's when it becomes first in your life. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16, all, all scripture is God breathed. It's useful for teaching and teaching us and making us realize what's wrong in our lives. It, it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. Verse 17, I wanna focus on this last scripture. God uses the scripture to prepare and to equip his people for every good work. Hear me. Listen. I cannot be your Holy Spirit. I cannot be the word for you. God knows I don't want to be. I've got my plate full with me. God uses the Bible to equip you and to prepare you for what's coming. I don't feel prepared. It feels like I always get blindsided time after time after time. I, I don't feel ready. It seems like I've, God keeps throwing me out there and I'm not ready. Sweet pea, he's got a tool He's got a training device. It's called the Word of God, and He will use it to train you. He will use it to prepare you. But if you're not in it, you're not prepared, and you just keep getting blindsided time after time after time. I've done it. I don't like it. I don't want to do it again. I'm trying my best to put God's Word first in my life. For me... That's first in my day. My biggest battle in the morning is not getting out of bed. It's not making a cup of coffee. That's pretty easy. My biggest battle is when I open up my device because that's where I read my word from. It's not going to my email or the news first. That's my personal battle. Because if I go to the news and the email first, guess what happens? Guess what, what happens in my life? Is my day starts bouncing, boing, 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 boing. I'm just a pinball, that's all I do all day long. But if I open up the word of God first, there's the destination. And I go. I live life 
it doesn't live me when I put God's word first. Would you bow your head with me this morning? What happens when you put the Bible first every day? You'll take your first step to becoming an overcoming follower of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the scripture. Thank you that we can access each and every one of us has a way that we could put it inside of us. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Give us a supernatural desire. Help us with our discipline. Lead us, remind us, remember, bring it to our remembrance. Help us understand. Help us think about, help us to want the word on a daily basis. Make us strong through your word. Equip us through your word. Prepare us for what's coming up through your word. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life or you need to surrender in areas of your life, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm just going to pray with you. But I want you to acknowledge that in front of, in front of us and in front of God. Nobody's looking around, though. If that's you, would you raise your hand up real quick? Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes. Yes. Heavenly Father, for those that raised their hand this morning, speak to them very clearly today. Confirm your love inside of their heart. Bring an abundance of strength, protection, blessing, and anointing. Let's just say this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my life to you. I make Jesus my Lord. I make Jesus my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me. Fill me. With your spirit. With your spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.